Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I want to invite you to stay updated with me on social media and see what we are doing in the ministry. You can follow me on Facebook at John Wallace. You can follow me on Instagram at Jonathan R. Wallace. And you can follow our YouTube page at New Beginnings Huntington. I pray this message builds your faith and gives you revelation. Let's get ready for the Word of God. Uh, And think about it, pray about it this week, begin to apply it to your life. So, this series that we're in is called Nine Ways to Fight an Antichrist System. That that, That title may throw you off a little bit, so that's why I'm going to do a little bit of groundwork every week that we go over this to kind of people that are coming in that are new or watching online, you understand what we're talking about. I don't want you to think that we're being weird or crazy. I just want to tell you what the Bible says and how it applies to us today. So 1 John 4, 3. Look what, what, look what the writer of 1 John says, what John says. He says, if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the spirit, can you say spirit, of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. We've been talking about this for weeks, but it really doesn't matter if you're Methodist, if you're Baptist, if you're charismatic, if you're Pentecostal. There's one Bible theology that pretty much most Christians across the board believe and agree on is that Jesus Christ is returning. Can you say amen? And then number two, the Bible says that when he returns, if you read the book of Revelation, we are going to enter into a tribulation period. That there will actually be a person known as the beast, known as this person known as the Antichrist that will rise to a place of power in this world. So a lot of people understand that. So they get that, the, the, the Antichrist who is coming into the world. But here's the thing that we miss most of the time. It says that these people have a spirit, say spirit. So number one, you need to understand this. The Antichrist is not just a person, it is a spirit. Even when that person steps into this place of power in the future, according to what the Bible says, he's not, it's not just going to be a person, it's going to be a person that is being driven by a spirit. So it says the spirit is coming into the world, but look at this, and indeed is already here. I think this is where a lot of Christians miss this. They know that there's going to be a person known as the Antichrist that comes into this place of power in the future, but they don't realize that there's actually a spirit, that same spirit that's going to come in the future. It's already here and it's at work among us today. Okay, so here's the question then. Doing what? If that spirit is already here, what is that spirit at work doing in 2021 in the United States of America in this generation? So let's look at Revelation 13, 16 through 17. This will kind of help you. These are the two passages that we've been, we've been going over as a foundation every week. So this is talking about when the person of the Antichrist in our future comes into a place of power. It says this in Revelation 13, 16. He required, say require, everyone, small and great, rich or poor, free and slave, to be given a mark on their right hand and on their forehead. So number one, this person, the Antichrist, is going to have the ability to require something of everyone. So 
We've just been using kind of common sense here and understanding this. Right now, if the United States makes, makes laws, those laws don't necessarily apply to Japan. They don't necessarily apply to China. They don't, the UK has different laws than we do. Mexico has different laws than we do. Canada has different laws than the United States does. We have a different democracy. We have a different constitution. So what must take place in order for a person to require something from everyone, whether you're Chinese, Japanese, Mexican, American, Canadian, what must take place? We have to all come underneath the same authority. You see this. So number one, you need to understand this. The spirit of the Antichrist, according to the Bible, is already here. And what is he doing? Pushing us in that direction, trying to set the stage for Revelation 13 to take place. Okay, so it says not only will he require everyone. And I want to say this as well, because people, you know, we've talked about vaccines. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you believe about that, whether you should take it, whether you shouldn't. I know that some Christians, you know, got on YouTube and the, the vaccines, the mark of the beast. I, I don't know. I don't get into all of that. But I do say this. It is odd that we are moving in a direction where, where a government can actually begin to use language like we're going to force you to do something and you can't ride trains if you don't do this. You can't travel across the border if you can't do this. You can't fly on airplanes if you don't do this. You can't shop at grocery stores if you don't do this. I don't think that it's the mark of the beast, but there's one thing that is for sure. You can see a push in this direction where power, these powers have the ability to require people you see that? To accept these things. No one could buy or sell anything without that mark, which is either the name of the beast or the number representing his name. Just another quick point. I really believe this. The thing that protects us, I don't, you know, we're not going down this rabbit hole, but do some research on your own if you want to take notes. Look up the United Nations Agenda 2030. This is real stuff. These are real agendas and pushes to bring people underneath the things that the Bible prophesied about thousands of years ago. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. You know, it's crazy that atheists are reading this book that, that are logical and say, seeing, wow, how did this book nail these things just spot on thousands of years ago? It predicted these things that we're seeing happening in front of our very eyes today. And what are they doing? They're coming to this revelation that, well, if that's true, that means the rest of it must be true. And then they're giving their lives to Jesus Christ. Amen. It's amazing. Uh, so, you know, you see, you see this push and there's, there's something that is, that is protecting us as Americans from, you know, what, what protects us from coming, coming underneath like China's control? What protects us as Americans from coming underneath, you know, the Soviet Union control? What, what protects us? The Constitution of the United States, our rights. Are you with me? So what must happen in order for that to take place? Our, we have to, our rights have to be amended. Our constitution has to be changed. So this is what I'm trying to get at. A lot of Christians, it, it, from a good heart, from a good place, I don't think that we're bad people. They're, they're wicked people. They're double-minded people. I think they genuinely, they're loving, they're caring, they're good-hearted. But sometimes they, we can find ourselves getting in line with something in the name of love, but that's actually an anti-Christ spirit that's pushing us in the direction of forfeiting our rights, 
forfeiting our freedoms, uh, and, and basically setting the stage for this to prophetically take place. Are you guys with me? Okay. So, let's just move on. I'll write this down. If you want to write something down, you can write this down. So what can we do? If we see that these things are taking place, what can I do and what can you do? This is something the Lord has taught me and it's helped me so much without, from stressing about things. Don't worry about things out of your control. Worry about things that are in your ability to change. You guys, I don't know who, you know, I don't know who you voted for as a candidate. But what, if there's a president that we don't like, what do we do? You can go out and vote. What if the results come back to something that maybe you don't like, what do you do? Do you spend your whole life worrying? Do you spend your whole life in negativity? Do you spend your whole life just talking to everybody that you see about, you know, man, this thing was rigged and going on and on and on. And I'm not saying none of that isn't true. But what I'm saying is stop worrying yourself about things that are outside of your control. This series is built to help us grasp and take control of the things that are actually in our ability to change. Are you with me? So let's go ahead and throw up that Facebook post. This is what Sean Foyt said. I love Sean Foyt. I love his ministry and what he's doing. And I saw this weeks ago. We built this whole series around this because in this post, I just saw so many biblical principles that resonated in me. So this is what he said. You want to be revolutionary in 2021? He said, get married young, have kids and raise them to love God. Believe the Bible, every word. Give generously, buy land, choose gratitude over victimhood, fear God above man, forgive quickly, and share the hope of Jesus. Amen. That was good. I read that. I said, man, I love that. That's good. I loved it so much. We built a sermon series out of it. <laughs> so let me go over the last few points. If you've been missing, uh, you haven't been here. I'll catch you up real quick. So what can I do? If I want to kind of fight against the spirit that's at work, that's pushing everybody in this direction, what do I need to do? What can I do on a practical level? We've gone over the first five. Number one, get married. If you want to be revolutionary in 2021, get married. Amen. If you've missed that, go back. We talked about how marriage is sacred. We talked about how the Bible doesn't teach us to have live-in boyfriends and live-in girlfriends. The Bible says that, a, that, that God has ordained a man and a woman to come together, to come underneath a covenant before man and before God that is till death do us part. You know, and that we live in a time where people, the Bible says, treat nothing sacred. And that's really the generation that we live in. You see this, that, you know, you see... They say divorce rate's going down, but truly divorce rate isn't going down. The, the number of people getting married is going down. Why aren't people getting married anymore? Because they say, well, it's 2021. Why do we need to get married? Right? How about I just work on my career, you just work on your career, and we'll just live together, and that makes the most sense. There's no, there's no ties. There's no obligation. Can I tell you, that's not God's way of doing things. So if you really want to be revolutionary in 2021, get married, commit your life to somebody, and build a marriage that is built around Jesus Christ and serve the Lord. Number two, raise godly children. Man, I love this point. Go back and watch it if you didn't get a chance. Number two, raise godly children. I'm going to move on for the sake of time. Number three, 
Believe every word of the Bible. Amen. You want to be revolutionary in 2021? Be a Christian that actually believes the Bible. Isn't that crazy to think about? Did you know that 50% of evangelicals in 2021 do not believe Jesus Christ is the only way? 50% of evangelicals or Protestants, it was like 47% of Protestants, 50-something percent of evangelicals don't believe today that Jesus Christ is the only way. You see that if you flip on you know, the, the TV, you see a, a, a mega church kind of celebrity Christian pastor. They get up there and they start asking them questions. Do you believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven? What do they start saying? Well, you know, I believe everybody's kind of on their same journey, on their own journey and all paths lead to God. That's not what the Bible says. It's not hateful. It's not rude. But Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Are you all with me? You know, I, I told you about the Jefferson Bible. Thomas Jefferson, I love him. He was one of our founding fathers. But he actually created his own Bible called the Jefferson Bible where he took a razor blade and he went through the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and he, he, he cut out all the miracles of Jesus. He cut out all the miraculous things. He cut out all the healings. He cut out demons being cast out. And he just basically took the rest, which were the the teachings of Jesus, how to treat others, how to think in, in your heart. And those are all important, good things. But he took the rest and he pasted it together and he made what's known as the Jefferson Bible that had none of the miracles of Jesus in it. So that's crazy, right? A lot of us would hear that and think, well, that's nuts. But yet that's what most Christians do, right? Well, we like the word until it, it says something that confronts something inside of us. We like the word until, until it's confrontational to something that we believe. And then that's what most Christians do. We'll read the word and say, amen, I love that, I like that. But then we get to a part, you know, what about where it talks about forgiving? Amen. What about the part in Acts chapter 2 where they, they did receive the Holy Ghost and they did speak in other tongues, they did do these things. I don't, I don't like that. Believe the Bible and every word of the Bible. Amen. amen. If God said it, that settles it. Fear God, number four was this, fear God above man. Fear God above man. You really want to be revolutionary in 2021, live a life where you fear the Lord more than you fear man. And not only fear the Lord, but live a life where you serve God. Live a life where you live to please God and you don't live to please man. We looked at the verse last week where Paul said, if I wanted to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. You know, that's interesting because we covered this last week, but when you're, when you, when you're serving God, you, you cannot serve God and please God all the time and please people all the time at the same time. You're going to do one or the other really well, but if you do one, the other one's going to suffer. So that means if I'm living to please the Lord, I, there's going to be a time in my life where I, he may ask me to do something. He may ask me to stand. He may ask me to take a position that's not going to always make everybody happy. But if I live my life just to please people, then I'm going to go down this trail and there's going to come a line one day where people are wanting me to do something that is not pleasing to God. Are you with me? So live a life where we fear God over man. Number five. We said give generously. I know I'm going over these quick because I just want to cover this and get into today's material. Give generously. We talked about two things. Number one, 
Giving breaks off materialism from your life. The Bible says, Paul told Timothy, that in the last days, people would become lovers of self. Lovers of pleasure. They would love their money more than they love God. And so, we talked about how can we, how can we break out of that? How can we not be selfish? How can we not be just self-minded and self-centered? Well, one practical way you can do that is be a generous person that does selfless things for other people. You know, that really doesn't make sense in 2021. I encourage you to try it. Give something to another person. Do something for another person that has no benefit to you whatsoever. Go up to somebody and say, I'm going to do something for you. And they're going to look at you and say, what? Why? What do you mean? You're, you're just going to give this to me? You know, we've done that. Me and my wife, we've paid all glory to God. We've paid, you know, somebody's electric bill one time. They were in a lot of trouble. They were like, we need X amount of dollars or this thing's going to shut off. They didn't even go to this church. We didn't even know. But we felt led by the Spirit of God to help this person. And this person, whenever we did that, they were like, wait, you're just going to give this? I don't have to do anything? We said, no, you don't have to do anything. It doesn't make sense to people. So if you want to be revolutionary in 2021, be a generous giver. Can you say amen? So giving breaks off materialism. And then number two, giving according to the Bible, giving promises or ensures financial blessing. All throughout the scripture, when God gave a command to give, it was always followed by a promise of him blessing us. Say, he'll bless me. So that's the most amazing thing is when you do what the Lord said and you even tie your finances in with God. That literally your blessing, it won't come from man. It won't come. It won't always. You won't have to rely on another person. The Lord will see to it that your blessing gets to you. He'll bless you personally. Amen. Let's get into today. I'm excited about this today. So number six, if you're taking notes, write this down. This is number six on the nine ways we can fight an antichrist spirit. Or you could even write in your in your notes. Nine ways to be revolutionary in 2021. This is a huge one, guys. I love this. Number six, choose gratitude over victimhood. Wow. Choose gratitude over victimhood. It's really true that today in the world that we live in, a lot of people don't choose gratitude over being victims. All right? Right? I mean, you listen, and I'm telling you, there's so much division. There's so much uh, commotion. There's so much, people are always just walking around. They're just victims. You just meet a person and they just have this sob story of, this is why I can't, let me tell you why I can't be successful. Let me tell you why I can't, you know, this country, the, the systematic racism thing that you see, I mean, there's so much that's going on. Choose gratitude over victimhood. Can you say amen? amen? So let me break this down a little bit further for you. Write this down. Choose. Say choose. choose. Here's a key word. Choose to always. Can you say always? always. Be grateful. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Always be joyful. Always. I don't know about you, but this verse challenges the heck out of me. Because sometimes when I'm going through life, 
There's situations that come up that want to press me to not be filled with joy. That want to press me to get depressed. That, that are trying to tempt me to get into this place of pity. To get in this place of ungratefulness. To get in this place of, of no peace. He says always. Say always. What does always mean? Always means all the time, every time. Be joyful. Never stop praying. Look what he says here. Be thankful in all circumstances. Wow. Say all circumstances. This is God's will for you who belong to Christ. So that means, guys, I'm going to tell you, this will really blow this whole, that's just not my personality. You ever heard people like that? I'm just not naturally a joyful person. That's not my personality. I'm, that's not just really who I am. If you're a Christian, the Bible says this is God's will for you and this is God's will for me. We are to be filled with joy all the time and we are to be thankful in all circumstance. Amen. You know, that means say all. That means each time, every time, all the time. That means that I'm thankful when I get a raise at work. Anybody ever been thankful when you get a raise at work? Right? It's easy to say hallelujah and jump around and praise God. That's so amazing. I'm thankful I just got a raise at work. But it also means that I'm going to be thankful even if I'm driving down the highway and I pop a tire and now I'm pulled over and I'm having to take that sucker to discount tire. And you know what? They don't want to honor their warranty. You're like, I bought these tires less than a year ago. And they're like, that'll be $700. And you're sitting here saying, what the heck are you guys talking about? That, that, if it's a circumstance, I am to be thankful in all circumstance. Are you with me? It's really a, a life decision. Being thankful, what the Bible is talking about, it's a life decision. So you could write this down. You have to choose it, not feel it. So what does the Bible say? As we grow... When it comes to joy and when it comes to thankfulness, you may not always feel it, but the Bible instructs us and commands us to choose it. Amen. What does that mean? When I go through something in life that's testing, that's trying, maybe, maybe you're in a season that you love. Maybe you're exactly where you want to be in life. What do you do? I praise the Lord. I'm going to be filled with joy and I'm going to be thankful. Maybe you're in a season, though, that you're not exactly where you want to be. You know that God has more for you. You know that God's promised more to you. What do you do in that season? Do you mope around? We just get negative. We always just live with the grass will be greener on the other side. Absolutely not. You're going to be thankful and filled with joy in every circumstance. Adopt a lifestyle of thankfulness. Look at Isaiah 12.3. This is powerful. It says this, Therefore with joy. Can you say joy? Guys, can I tell you something? Seriously, today, more people are on medication for depression than, than any time in history. And I know that they'll say, well, now we have the science to diagnose it. Man, I don't, I don't know. Something's not right when 12-year-olds are on depression medication. Something's not right when a nine-year-old wants to kill themselves. And I'm not talking about kids that have gone through the ringer and had a horrible life 
you know, and been sex trafficked through Mexico. It's still not okay. God has more for them, but I could understand that. I'm talking like, you know, my mom took away my Xbox and now I want to kill myself. That's not right. Amen. It's really not right. You have to choose joy. Guys, I know sometimes this may not seem super spiritual, but I'm telling you, this is a key to life. To every person in this room. Choose joy every single day. Hallelujah. Look what it says. Therefore with joy, say joy. You will draw water from the wells of salvation. What's the wells of salvation? So the Bible's saying, think about a well. You have this well that's called salvation. What's in the well? The promises of God. What are the promises of God? Well, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 that in Christ, I've received all spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because I'm united in Christ. The Bible says in Galatians 3, I've received the same blessing as Abraham and I'm a child of the promise just like Abraham by faith. The Bible says that I, the, 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 in the Holy Ghost, there's righteousness, there's peace, there's joy. Say joy. joy. Say peace. Say righteousness. The promises are endless. That the, the Bible promises that we have all of these things in Christ. What that means is, when Jesus died on the cross, He didn't just die so we could go to heaven. He actually made available to us this covenant that is filled with promises, that is filled with benefits to us. Amen. And a lot of people don't understand that. They understand. They know about the God of heaven, and that's great. They'll live this life and they'll go to heaven one day. But there's so many promises of God that pertain to life on this earth and life in heaven. Are you with me? What's a promise from God? Matthew 8, 17. It says that he took our sicknesses. He removed our diseases. Jesus healed the sick. That was actually a promise. Uh, that was a promise of their covenant. So look at this. With joy, say joy. You will draw water from the wells of salvation. So what does that mean? Joy is the bucket. That means that if you don't have the bucket, you don't get any of the water that's in the well. Amen. Joy is the bucket in which you draw water from the wells of salvation. So let me break it down simpler. When you begin to choose joy every single day in your life, you will begin to experience firsthand the promises of God coming to fruition in your life. Amen. Amen. Why, why, why do Christians, I'm going to tell you, why are there Christians? They've given their heart to Jesus. They meant it. God loves them. They're, they're really a part of this thing. But their life... In their life, they're not experiencing any of the wonderful things that the Bible promises us. Can I tell you where you can trace it back to? They're negative. They're ungrateful. They're not filled with joy. Joy is the key to the promises of God. So we have to say, and so here's the thing about joy. It's not a feeling. It's a choice. Say it's a choice. choice. Guys, I'm telling you, if you just wait until you feel joy, to have joy, you're going to wait your whole life and you're going to die unjoyful. You're going to die unhappy. Because you're always thinking that joy is going to come from something that the world can give you. Right? I'm going to wait till I get the salary that I want to have joy. 
I'm going to wait till my wife starts acting the way that, she, that I want her to act before I, I'm going to wait till my husband starts doing the dishes before I can have joy. I'm going to wait till I get that car until I can have joy or that house until I can have joy. And can I tell you, that's actually the reason you don't have joy is because you've misplaced it. So stop looking for it in the world and make a decision to be thankful in all circumstances. You know that it's okay to be content and discontent at the same time. What does that mean? Content saying, Lord, I'm thankful for where I am today. I think that there's so many people, they strip themselves of life because they can never be content with today. They're always thinking about tomorrow or they're always thinking about yesterday and they're never living in today. And so they live each day constantly just think I'm today and I'm just thinking about the future. Ten years from now, grass is greener on the other side or their heads in the past. What somebody's done to them, what somebody said to them, I just can't move on. I can't forgive. And they never live today. And I want to tell you, joy is found today. Joy is not found in tomorrow, and it's not found in yesterday. Joy is found in today. Amen. So what does that mean? I walked outside on my porch, and I'm telling you, it was a spiritual experience. I looked around. I saw the beautiful trees. I'm a New Mexico kid, so we got some New Mexicans here today. We grew up in the desert. You know, I, I tell people all the time, I said, man, I truly love where we live. And they're like, you love little Huntington? I said, I love it. It's beautiful. It's green. There's these things that I did never know about growing up called trees, and they're awesome. I love them. I walked outside, and I just I took a deep breath, and I said, Lord, I'm thankful for today. I just I love my life. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my children. Thank you for today. And, it, you know, today is, I've heard this before, and it sounds cliche, but it's true. Today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. Amen? Be with me? That's where joy is found. It's found in today. So, when you begin to choose joy, you'll start experiencing the fruit of your covenant with God. Check this out. Proverbs 17.22. Turn there in your Bibles. I don't know if you guys have this one on the screen. If you can get it, I added it last moment. Proverbs 17.22 says... Look what this says. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. Can you put it in the New King James for me? Put it in the New King James. I want to I do a little Bible study with y'all this morning. A merry heart does good like medicine. You know one of the best things that you can do for your life is joy? One of the best subscriptions that you can get today is a subscription to joy. Amen. Amen. It says that it will do good like medicine. Can I tell you? It's true. Depression will kill people faster than cancer will. Depression will cause you to have strokes. Anxiety will cause you to have heart attacks. When you actually begin to choose joy, do you know that it will actually affect? This isn't just spiritual. It will actually benefit your physical body. People that are happy statistically live longer than people that are depressed. Amen. Are you with me? And it says a broken spirit dries the bones. I love what I just read in the New Living. It says a broken spirit saps a person's strength. So if you're walking around, 
I want to tell you, try it. If you're walking around and you're like, man, I just feel like I got no energy. I just got no strength. I just got no... Look, stop running all the time to a doctor to give you a medication that you take that causes another symptom and now you got to get on three more medications and now those three medications cause five more symptoms and now you're on 17 different things why not just choose to be joyful and choose to be thankful and i promise you'll see strength come into your body and you'll begin to enjoy the life that god has given you are y'all with me write this down reject negativity I wrote on this note, not just reject it, the Lord just put an emphasis on this. Wage war on negativity. I felt the Holy Spirit. I just wrote reject negativity. The Lord brought me back to this this morning while I was just going over these notes. And he said no. And I mean, I just felt it so strong. He said, get it out. You don't understand. Reject negativity. Wage war on negativity in your life. Get negativity out of your life. So many people in 2021, all they're focused on is negative things. And I'm going to tell you, I mean, I'm the first one. I was, I've been having conversations, buying groceries. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not smoking something. I know the, co- the price of living, the cost of living has gone up. Right? Things like that happen. But you just meet people. That's all they ever focus on. The price of gas, the, the cost of living, the things of life. That, something that somebody did to them five years ago. Every time you talk to this person, that's like all they want to talk about is something that somebody did to them five years ago. Can I tell you? Guys, let me help you. Forgive. Amen. Somebody hurt you? Maybe they really did you wrong. Nobody's saying they didn't. But as a Christian, forgive them. Move on and wage war against negativity in your life. Because what if, instead of just being negative, I don't like my president. I don't like what's going on right now. I don't like, just negative, negative, negative. What if you took the position and you said, I'm thankful to be alive in 2021. What if you actually begin to show God that you appreciated the fact that he's kept you alive and you're not dead? (laughs) Amen. Are you with me? I'm thankful to be alive. I'm thankful to be alive in 2021. What if you took the position? I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for my husband. I mean, that's a lot of spouses problems. They're just so negative about each other. They just focus on the things that they don't like, the things they wish were different. And they're just so they just build this negative perception of the person that God's called them to in their life. Just flip it and be thankful. Can you say amen? Amen. I'm thankful for my job. Amen. Amen. Instead of just complaining, Lord, I'm thankful for my job. I'm thankful for the house that you've given me. So reject negativity. Write this down. Reject ungratefulness. It's very similar. Reject ungratefulness. And I'll say this also about negativity. Reject anybody that feeds negativity into your life. Guys, if you have friends, right? I don't know. I just feel the spouse thing right now. If you have friends that anytime you talk to them, right? And it's just this husband bashing party that's taking place. Well, let me tell you what my husband did the other day. And then the friend's sitting there just trying to judge. You know what? Your feelings are justified. You need to go in. I'm telling you, that's the voice of the devil. Don't listen to stuff like that. Are you with me? 
Reject negative voices in your life. Reject ungratefulness. Wage war on it. Get it out. You know, it's really true when you stop and think. Some of the things that we get, you know, a term that we grew up as our panties in a bundle about. But we live in the most privileged time in history to live in. And we also live in the most privileged country that you could live in. The freedoms that we have, the luxuries that we have in 2021. I mean, the, the things that are accessible to us, the knowledge, the resources, food, right? I mean, you're able to go and after church. Think about this. After church, you guys could go sit down and eat a meal at a restaurant. You know, 100 years ago, they couldn't do that. A hundred years ago, somebody's been up since four o'clock in the morning getting a meal ready, or they're going to be getting a meal ready for the next five hours just to sit down with a family and, and have a meal. We live, we actually live in the most privileged time in history to live in. So reject ungratefulness. I saw this video. This will be funny. I saw this video. Uh, it was a video that showed two different girls. One girl, she didn't have a car, and, and, and it was her birthday, and they were videoing her. And her dad came in and he played a joke on her and he got her a, a bicycle helmet and a bicycle. She didn't have a car. She was all thankful. She was literally like, oh, thank you. Yes, now I don't have to walk to work anymore. And she was so excited and thankful. And then he actually slipped the box over to her. She opened the box up and there was a key to a car. And it wasn't some brand new crazy car. It was just a really basic car. This girl began to break down. She began to sob. She began to cry and weep. She was just so thankful. And it touched me. But then I saw it flipped to another video. And there was this dad that had bought his 16-year-old daughter a car. And he bought her a Lamborghini, like a 2000 vintage classic Lamborghini, cherry red. She walks out and she stands on her front porch and she looks at her dad and says, what is that? What is that dinosaur? And then she walks over to it and starts looking at it, inspecting it. You didn't even get the color that I wanted. I said that I wanted red leather, red interior. And he was like, honey, don't worry about it. Drive this just for a few years and then we'll upgrade you to something newer and nicer. She said, I can't drive that dinosaur. My friends will make fun of me. And I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you, there's people today that you could take them to Disney World and they ain't going to be happy. You with me? Just always unhappy, ungrateful, unthankful. They're negative. I'm going to tell you something real spiritual that you can go tell your friends. What did I learn in church? Don't be a Karen. Amen. <laughs> you want to be revolutionary in 2021? Don't be a Karen. If you don't know what a Karen is, ask your kids or your grandkids. They'll tell you what a Karen is. But there's people that that's how they, they could be in Fiji and Hawaii. They're going to find something to complain about. Don't be that person. Be thankful. Amen. Be, I'm telling you, this will revolutionize your life. Be thankful and grateful. Amen. Let me tell you this. Complaining will keep you from your promise. Look in the Bible, the children of Israel. God was taking them to this beautiful, wonderful promised land. And when you look back, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And that, that whole generation never even got to step into it. And you know why? The Bible traces it back and says it was because of their complaining. That God brought them out into the wilderness. What did He do? He gave them food to eat. 
He gave them quail. He gave them manna from heaven. Guys, they didn't even have to work. He showered down manna from heaven for them to eat every day. He made a rock follow them that burst springs out. They got to drink from the living water. I mean, it's just amazing. He led them by a cloud during the day, a flame at night, but yet they would complain. Wow, God, we had it better back in Egypt. We wish we could go back to Egypt. God heard that, and it literally kept them from stepping into the promise. So I'm going to tell you, guys, we, we are the ones that sabotage ourselves. Because the thing that's making you unhappy, because that's what your joy is based off of, is the fact that you're not where you want to be. But the reason, the, the, the reason you're not where you want to be is because you're unhappy with where you're at right now. You see that cycle? Write this last point down for this. Focus on positive. Focus on the positive, not the negative. Focus on the positive, not the negative. Philippians 4, 6 through 8. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Guys, can I tell you, listen to me. Look what the Bible says. Don't worry about anything. Why do we embrace that? Worry is not from God. God doesn't want you concerned or worried about. What are you worried about? What, are you worried about your finances? Can I tell you something? Trust God. He loves you. He's a good Father. And if you'll put your faith in who He is and what He promised He would do, you don't even worry about it. Lord, this thing may be coming up, but I'm going to use my faith to believe Your Word. You're going to take care of this. All these things we spend our whole lives worrying about, and I'm going to tell you, the Lord has dealt with me severely because there's times my marriage has sacrificed because of my worrying. There's times my children have sacrificed because of my worrying. And then I worry and I stress and I, you know, because I want to be in control. And then I get to the other side and I saw that the Lord took care of everything for me. But then now I'm sitting here going, whew, man, that was great. But I turn around to a family that's all beat up and, you know, just like, just living by the effects of it. And I'm sitting here thinking, the Lord had me the whole time. And yet here I am, stressed out, worried about this, taking it out on the people that I love, being just rude and being snappy. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Look at this. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He's done. This is apparently this is not only a key to life. This is a key to prayer. Does the Bible say that you can bring your needs before God? Yes, he cares about them. Tell God what you need. There's nothing wrong if you have a need in your life, bringing it to the Lord and telling him what you need. But even in telling God what you need for today or for tomorrow, it says sandwich that 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 request with thanksgiving. So don't only tell God what you need, thank him for what he's done. That means instead of, you know, our prayer time, most of the time we don't even pray. We don't spend time with the Lord until something seems to blow up, right? Somebody lands themselves in jail and it takes them getting in jail to get down on their knees. And Lord, please help me. If you get me out of here, I'll never do it again. And, and we just make these requests. There's nothing wrong with making requests. But the Lord says, actually, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Come into his courts with praise, the Bible says. So how am I going to approach the Lord? 
Father, before I ever even tell you one more thing that I need, let me thank you first for what you've done. Thank you for life. Thank you, Lord, for, for my job. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my church. Thank you for my family. Just begin to thank the Lord and build that discipline in your life. It says this, then, if you'll do this, you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now look at this. Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Here's under the point. Focus on the positive, not on the negative. It says one final thing. Look at this. Fix your thoughts. Say fix. Fix your thoughts. I know that a lot of times, guys, we misplace instruction for prayer. What do I mean by that? I just pray the Lord, Lord, I want you to just change my mind. Lord, I want you to just take this worry away from me. Lord, I want you to just... No, the Bible actually says we have this responsibility. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, and pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. That means that I don't think about things that aren't true. If it's not true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable, and things that are excellent and worthy of praise, I don't think about it. I reject it. Amen. Amen. Well, Brother John, do you know that person, what they said to me? You'll never believe what they said to me. Reject it and don't focus on it and don't dwell on it. Focus on the positive, not on the negative. That may sound like a non-spiritual principle, but guys, that's a straight from the Bible fact principle. Can you say amen? amen? Let's move to this next point. This is underneath point number six, choose gratitude over victimhood. This is a good one. Never be a victim. That will be revolutionary in 2021. You will be very different from most of the people alive today. If you make a decision, I'm never going to be a victim. What do you see right now in our culture? In 2021, let me, let me say this. Everyone has an excuse for why we can't do something. Am I right? I can't because I'm too black. I can't. Because I'm too white, right? I'm, I can't because I'm too Mexican. I can't because I'm just too Chinese. I can't because I'm too old. Let me tell you, I can't do that. I'm too young. I can't because I'm too skinny. I can't because I'm too fat. I can't because of those Democrats. I mean, you guys, you hear these things every single day. Am I right? And I want to tell you something that will set you apart. Never be a victim. I want to put something into your spirit. You can write this down. Live from victory. I know it's cliche, but it's so true. Christians aren't fighting for victory. We actually have the privilege of living from a place of the finished work that Jesus did on the cross. I love Colossians chapter 2. Because the Bible says that when he went to the cross, he disarmed and defeated the spiritual rulers, principalities, and powers. Can you say disarmed? That means that when Christ went to the cross, he stripped the enemy of all of his weapons. Amen. That means you're fighting an unarmed enemy. Most of the battle that people fight with the devil is psychological. It's in their mind. 
They're actually giving the devil more power than he actually has, according to the scripture, in their lives. So, live from victory. Christ has finished it. Say, he has finished it. So look at 1 John 4.4. I love this because we're talking about this whole sermon is the, about this antichrist spirit, this antichrist system. So 1 John, he talks a lot about the antichrist spirit. This is what he said. But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already, say I have. What does that word have mean? Is that, is that present tense? Have? No. Have is not present tense. Is the word have future tense? I know in these texts, it's, well, I'm going to have, you don't know. No. I mean, maybe that would make it. I don't know. I'm, I'm horrible at, at grammar anyways. The word have. You have won. That is past tense. Victory over those people. Look at this. Because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in this world. What the Bible says is there may be leaders that have this antichrist agenda, this antichrist spirit, that they may have it in them, that they want to suppress you. They, want, they, they don't have good intentions. But the Bible says that, that take joy and be comforted because even if they have the spirit and they have this agenda, it doesn't mean that you have to live underneath their thumb and subject to it. That we have victory over those people and we have victory over that spirit because the spirit who lives in me and you is greater than the spirit that's in this world. So... If you really believe that, you're going to have a hard time being defeated all the time in life. If you truly believe that the Holy Spirit in you makes you greater than any opposition that could ever come your way, you will have a hard time being a victim in 2021. You're not denying the facts. Well, you know what? There's this person out of nowhere. It seems like this person at work, they're just, you know, hell bound to get me fired. To get me demoted. They're trying to make me look bad in front of my boss. Look, stop stressing about that. Stop worrying about that. If the devil sent a person to try to destroy your life, the spirit that you have is greater than any spirit that could stand against you. How come a little shepherd boy in the Bible looked at this giant and confidently told him, Today you die, Goliath, and I feed your carcass to the birds. How was he able to do that? Because he knew the spirit of the Lord that was upon him. And that's what he said. He said, you uncircumcised Philistine. What did that mean? He said, I'm a guy that has the spirit of God. I'm a man that's in covenant with the most high God. And I don't care how big you are or what your intentions are. You can't have victory over me because the spirit that I carry is greater than the spirit that you carry. Are you with me? So never be a victim. Live from victory. Look at this. I love this. Mark 9, 23. There was a man that brought a child to Jesus to be healed. And he said, you know, he came to Jesus and said, Jesus, this, you know, he's sick. It was either the child or the servant. I really, you know, we really want you to do something. And he says, if you can make him well, please help him. And look what Jesus said. What do you mean if I can? Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. Can you say anything? anything. Guys, I'm going to tell you some revelatory thing here. I looked up that word anything in the Greek. You know what it means? Anything. 
It means anything. It means all things, each thing, everything, all things without exception, anything. That means, let's just flip that a little bit. Jesus said nothing. There's not one thing under the sun that is impossible if a person will believe God. Hallelujah. This is, this is what was amazing. Does, does the Scripture say, did Jesus say, well, you know what, I can because nothing is impossible for God. No, a lot of people understand that and they believe that. Nothing's impossible for God. You could ask somebody, they have a problem in their life. You could ask them, do you believe that God has the power to help you? Oh, I believe that God has the power to help you. Help me. That's not their problem. Their problem is they don't, they don't believe that God is willing to help them. They don't believe that it's God's will. They don't believe, you know, they're just confused. So listen to this. Jesus didn't say he would do it because everything's possible for God. He said, no, nothing is impossible for the person. Say the person. That means you and that means me. What am I trying to say? That if you will believe God, there is no limitation. Nothing is impossible for us. Listen to me, guys. This will encourage you. And it's so true. There is always a way forward. People get to this point of, of desperation. They get to this point of, of depression where they've maybe made bad decisions in their life. And they feel like I'm in a hole that I can't see my way out of. I don't know how I'm getting out of this one. Can I promise you something? If you believe God, there is always a path forward every single time. There's not one person in this room that has found themselves in a circumstance or a situation that is too big or too hard for God. So take joy today. Take comfort today and take peace today that no matter where you're at, God has a path forward for you. Amen. 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 So if you want to be revolutionary in 2021, choose gratitude over victimhood. Choose gratitude over victimhood. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The next point we're going to get into, you know, it's not enough. There's too much, I would say, to cover for today. I gave you guys a lot to chew on today, a lot to think about. I hope, I hope that you took notes, that you'll pray about the things that I said today. You'll pray about the Word of God that was given. And I'm going to tell you, the Lord will help you. Let's just take some time, maybe if we can, uh, and spend a moment just praising the Lord and thanking the Lord. And I'm going to dismiss you guys from service this morning. Hallelujah. Y'all just join me in prayer. Father, we thank you. Lord, we want to take this, this word into application today. Thank you for all that you've done for us. Lord, thank you for our families that you've given us. Thank you for our children. Lord, I know that there's times where they may be acting hectic. They may be acting crazy. We may be going things that are challenging and pressing and stretching us. But Lord, we just want to look past all of that and look past all the little frustration that we could go through. And we just want to say thank you this morning, Lord. I believe that we don't tell you near enough, as we should, how thankful that we are. Lord, I want to thank you today for life. Just join me. Father, thank you for life. Thank you, Lord, that we have breath in our lungs, that we have blood pulsing through our body, that we were able to come into this house today and even have ears to hear, that we could sit here and listen to somebody speak. We're not deaf. We're not blind. You have blessed us, Father, with another day of life. 
We say today is the day that you've made, and we're going to rejoice and be glad in it. Father, thank you for placing us in 2021. None of us are here by coincidence or chance. Lord, we know that we weren't born 100 years ago. We weren't born 200 years ago. We were not placed here to be victims. But the Bible says in the book of Hosea that we were born for such a time as this. Every person in this room carries greatness on the inside of them. Every person in this room has something that you've given them to contribute to society to be a solution, not to be a victim. I thank you, Father, for every person in this room that the Holy Spirit would begin to reveal that deposit that you've given them. That the Holy Spirit would come upon every person in this room and begin to mold them and form them and speak to their hearts and help them. Lord, it doesn't matter how young they are or how old that they are. You still have a plan for them if they're still on this earth. Their assignment is not finished. That they have not ran the, the, their entire race. They're not at the end of their race. There's still more. And I thank you, Father, for releasing that this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. We give you all the praise, all the honor, and glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. You guys give the Lord just a shout of praise. I love you all so much. I want to invite you guys one more time. Uh, to Wednesday night, we have youth and children. And right now it's just youth and children, but. Thank you so much for tuning in with me as I shared the word of God. If you would like to become more than just a casual listener and want to give to our ministry, you can do so in the following ways. For credit or debit, go to www.nbchuntington.org donate. For PayPal, you can send it to NBC Huntington. For Cash App, use dollar sign capital NBCHTX20. Thank you so much. I pray God blesses you abundantly. Until next time, this is John Wallace.